Hello. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Seeds after a, a long break. After a second long break. We have Mario with us. And Roman. And Vasya. Nice. Uh, so it's been a few weeks off. It's after Easter. How was your guys' Easter? Mario, how was your Easter? It was good. Um, oh, I feel like I was there. <laughs> so detailed and descriptive. No, it, was, it was just pretty average Easter. I don't know. What do you mean an average Eve's for Easter? That's like blasphemy. I didn't find all the eggs. So it was just whatever. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself. Vice, uh, how was your Easter? Are the eggs even Christian? No. I, I, well, they're actually Assyrian. What is that? <laughs> Easter, like you're saying, it's actually Ishtar is uh, the the Greek. Assyrian and no, not Greek Assyrian and Babylonian god of fertility and sex. Ishtar, and over the years it became Easter. How did that became become? But um, unless I think was, I didn't read up on it, so I think I it was Obama. Obama in 08, he was oh, like, "Yo, we gotta Obama. celebrate this holiday. Let's call it Easter." Thanks, Obama. Yeah. No, I didn't read up on it, but I've heard like, those <coughs> random things, but I've never looked into it. But and again, this is didn't. If you're asking how my Resurrection Sunday was, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> okay, no. let, yeah, let's not get into that. Christmas <laughs> doesn't mean Christmas. No, no. What about the whole tweeting after the Sri Lanka bombings happened and all the like Democrats tweeting that Easter believers, instead of saying Christians, they all refer to them as uh, Easter... Be- really? Was it Easter believers? Or what, how are they called there? Ah, okay, look it up. Maybe Eastern believers? <laughs> no, no, because that was the whole drama that wa- they didn't... Oh. address as Christians are, are being targeted and bombed they uh, yeah so that okay Mario's looking up the tweet look up Hillary's you know, you know what's Hillary a fun fact okay there's no fun fact in this tragic story but um, the uh, the ASOS brand from Zara right that's a Zara brand Three uh, three of his sons died in that bombing. I saw that that's crazy the owner of the ASOS the owner a- yeah. of ASOS three wow. of his sons died in that bombing Price. I think those those three churches and three high end hotels were bombed. There's seven locations. Or yeah. But yeah, so they apparently the idea was Christians and uh the people the tra- the foreigner foreigners. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sad. That was a big deal. Wow. How we how was your Easter Bison? It was dope. Yeah. Um uh, always have a a big family get together. So it's always nice yeah. to say I, I, I got it right here. Uh, on this holy weekend for many faiths, we must stand united against hatred and violence. I'm praying for everyone affected by today's horrific attacks on Easter. Wait. By today's horrific attacks on Easter worshippers and Yeah, travelers. Easter worshippers. That's what it was. And uh, Obama, Hillary, like uh, several different uh, Told Democrats. Told you, dude. It was, o- it was Obama. It's all... <laughs> yeah, they're listening. We can't be saying that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm being spied on. If, if no, they're listening to our podcast, we're doing something right. No, but my Easter was good. Uh, family get together, always nice to sit down with uncles, aunts, just talk about random stuff. Has to do, yeah, lately been talking about politics a lot. And that's what we'll talk about right now a little bit is the big topic wa- has been Ukrainian politics. And a lot has been happening there. And in a nutshell... Petro Poroshenko is the current president, and 
a leader of a Kvartal 95, which is pretty much a Ukrainian version of Ameri- yes, and also they just do live skits, like funny stuff, politics. So pretty much main actor on Kvartal 95 won a few days, I think it was Monday or Sunday, Sunday, I think, uh, won the elections and he's going to be stepping be stepping in as the new president of Ukraine. So again, there's like a huge move of around the world of people voting anybody as long as that person hasn't been in politics uh yeah so the whole mantra of like i'm not a politician works really well in politics right now but with this guy and i haven't been really into like politics lately but with this whole ukrainian thing i got into a pretty i don't know i was following you pretty closely so even with this guy apparently he planned it so he i think he executed his campaign very very well and since he's an actor he has his own you know, live show. Didn't he make a show like, about him being so that's what a comedian did. who becomes president? Not a comedian, but what he three years ago he already it's that he created his own TV show and he's the main actor in that show. And TV show starts off with him being a school teacher, kind of like a common man, and he's talking to another fellow teacher and he goes on his this big rant how politicians suck and politicians don't care and people don't care about voting for the right politicians and how Paul, the whole you know, like rant on politics and this is part of a TV show and a kid from another class sees like a teacher yelling so he records them on a, an iPhone uploads them, and the video goes viral and then this guy becomes a president in their TV show. And then he, like, executes a super good... And he's this, you know, people's man as a president. And people watch, you know, three seasons of that show. And then he runs for the pr- real-life president pretty much with the same mantra. I'm a, just a regular guy. We're tired of politics. We need a common man to be as a president because oligarchs don't in- understand us. And even the whole idea was that people had a hard time separating him in real life to the movie character because the roles were so similar they're like man he would be a good present because look what he did kind of like his views on things are so good because the the views that he had in a tv show and yeah he pretty much planned it like years ago and executed to the dot and he got a a 73 percent majority votes and he like joked around, uh, oh, we need to rename Quartal 95 to Quartal 73 because uh, getting 73% margin on, in elections is like ridiculous. So, yeah, that's been a, a big topic. People, some people are pro, some people are against. Did you guys look into the whole Ukrainian politics at all? No, he's no. not really a common man, though, is he? He's a wealthy guy. He's a, like he's, yeah. he's tied, he has his hands tied with. With questionable one, one has one has a common man and ever been the leader, and anyone who becomes yeah, right, especially Trump, Trump ran as a common yeah, man, yes, pretty much. Yes, yeah, but I mean, he's far from. He's be- I mean, if he was not rich, he would be in jail for probably numerous things. Yeah, and so with the Clintons and sure, oh yeah, else, all of them. Yeah. But I feel like uh, this guy. What am I trying to say? I don't think he. It's as innocent. I think he's definitely like connected and all that stuff and. Yeah, especially in Ukraine, and <laughs> I don't think it's actually the election is actually over. I mean, the election is over, but I feel like like things are just getting started. Um, oh, like there was in, in a different aspect of my life, there was something going on like dramatic, and I like I was talking to one of my friends, and it was it seemed like it was everything was going one way, but usually the incumbent has a lot more power than people think, 
And he's a lot of times when people think they have nothing to lose and when they're cornered, they start they, they tend to do dramatic things. Same with Poroshenko. I feel like I feel like uh, the guy won the election, but um, they're 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 still going to be wheeling and dealing at the end. And the whole uh, I feel like in countries as unstable as Ukraine, and I, I love my Ukrainian brothers. I'm not trying to diss anybody, but in a country as unstable as Ukraine, it's very it's very uh, dangerous for a president who becomes elected not to not be a president right away. He has to wait a period, you know, gestation period for the inauguration, blah, 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 because the president right now can be passing things and getting his house in order for the next guy to fail or not, you know, this or that. So I think, I think it's just, it's things are just getting started. So it's about to, just when you think about that, that drama is like almost over, I think it's just getting started. Drama of what? Petr Poroshenko versus Zelensky. I think oh, there's he, a lot more well, drama. Well, he announced right away because I watched his life, like resignation or kind of giving, giving a, a concession. Concession, concession speech. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. And he said like right away in his speech, said, you know, я уходю из офиса президентского, Алиан уходю из политики. And he's like, I'm going to be the toughest opposition to this president, to, you know, to the next president to make sure the country, you know, is in, in balance and whatnot. So, yeah, he, he promised that he will be heavily invo- involved in politics. And the whole idea of even Zelensky, which is the, the, this comedian guy, the SNL guy that won the election, there's the whole idea that, oh, he's backed up by, you know, old money too. And the guy's name is Kolomoisky. And again, we're going to wrap up with our politics uh, soon, but kind of a little update on what's going on in Ukraine. So yeah, this guy won, and there's all this bi- old money back in is one of the oligarchs is Kolomoisky. And first, like, oh, man, like Kolomoisky, like, that sucks, old money. You can, like, run his own show. But I don't know, unless I'm tricked by him, but I watched, like, a three-hour-long interview, a recent interview of Kolomoisky being interviewed. And I really like the guy. I don't know if he, you know, fooled me with his speech, but I was like, if this guy is backing and he will have like a say to Zelensky as, you know, kind of like a rookie, a new guy on the block, I really res- respect uh, Kolomoisky. And, and by the way, Kolomoisky's son plays basketball in Cleveland State University. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of dangerous because guys like Poroshenko can find him. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so that's kind of what's happening in Ukraine. It's a huge deal. It's kind of all around the world. I think it's ironic how Poroshenko, who's super corrupt by himself, he's like, I'm going to make sure I keep my eye on you so you do things right. Yeah, because <laughs> that that was kind of Poroshenko's big loss because he was supposed to be kind of the savior of Ukraine because during the war and all that stuff, his big like election uh, pitch was, hey, I'm already rich because all those like Russian candies, Ukrainian candies that we eat are... Uh, Romashka and all those that says Roshen on it with like small letters. It's Po Roshen Ko. So Roshen is a middle of his la- middle part of his last name. Dang. So most chocolates that we eat, like in a Russian store, are made by his factories. So his big pitch five years ago was, "Hey, I'm already rich. I don't need to steal from the government. So you should vote for me." And people were like, "Oh, that's that makes sense." And he got voted in. And you know, accusations are that he got like way, way, way wealthier for the past five years because in ukraine the president is there for five years so that was kind of like the big uh and i think the big turn away of people from poroshenko is that other presidents got rich off of like politics but people like using poroshenko of using the war so like over thirteen thousand like young homies died and this homie got rich off of it so that's what people like re- really turn people away is 
hey, they got rich off of like politics money. You got rich off of politics money by using young homies' blood and their lives, and you don't care. And again, there's you know two sides of the story. You know, one side is like, hey, it was impossible for for him to finish the war. Other, and, you know, but another side it's against. He's saying that no, he didn't want to finish the war because he was really profiting from that. But yeah, so that's a b- big step, new huge chapter in Ukraine. We'll see. There's a lot of hope for this Zelensky guy, young guy, you know, active on social media, promises to expose people. Let's say if he wants to pass the law. Well, but Ukraine does have again going back to politics. Ukraine Ukraine does have some like shady laws. Like right now, older Verkhovna Rada, which is pretty much like our Congress. They have a law, it's called which pretty much like immunity for all. Like you can't really sue them for anything. You can't, they're, they're pretty much untouchable when it comes to the law. So that's the first, guy, first thing that he promises is remove immunity or, you know, to, uh, to all deputate. And then Ukraine cannot impeach a president, but he promises to introduce impeachment law to the president. He also says if he doesn't feel like he's doing a sufficient enough job he'll step down himself that's not gonna happen yeah so he he's he does a lot of these promises he's gonna probably end up in a helicopter crash or something like that, that that's, <laughs> that's what i'm saying is the drama between the two is just beginning because but what if old money is covering him let's say well, okay, but putin is like the ultimate old money well pu- pu- <laughs> see the russian politics are is not as complicated as Zelensky's and Poroshenko's and kolomovich well, no, like what it starts with putin and ends with putin if putin is gonna be the secretary of the Kremlin, it's going to be the highest position in, in Yeah, but in the Russia. idea is, uh, but even this whole, like, Putin, with like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. That's why you can only trust politics so much, and not in, like, a paranoid way, but it's more like, hey, I got to live my life, make my own money, pay the bills, and whatever is happening there, like, we can only know so yeah. much, and we can't yeah. control it. Because the whole theory against Poroshenko, he's been, even though he's super outspoken against Putin, and he calls him, like, names and everything, but the theory is, though, they both agree to continue the war because both benefit from it financially very, very much. So the idea is that Poroshenko is a lot friendlier with Putin than people think. But other side is the Poroshenko has been the toughest president on Putin because he's been very outspoken, very against him, you know, all the sanctions Poroshenko? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's been very outspoken. Yeah, but, idea think, cheap. but people think that it's just a cover because yeah. he kept the war going. Well, the, yeah, the war, war is always profitable, not, not only in our Slavic countries. War is always profitable everywhere. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, we talked to death about politics. But, yeah, for those that care a little bit more about this and you want to watch the Kolomoisky interview, I think... One guy, Nazar, Anton Chuk, shout out to Nazar. He follows the politics a little bit. Um, but yeah, interesting uh, interview. So you can shoot me a text. I'll let you know where to find the interview. Really interesting. Really, I don't know. I started really liking Kolomoisky, the Ukrainian I, old money. I think, yeah, yeah. Oligarch. <laughs> I think what it's does all oligarch mean? What does that mean? I, I always viewed it in a way, and it might be like a way wrong, like very different or very wrong way. But I always viewed like when somebody calls you an oligarch, it's like you have a lot of money, but people are not really sure where it came from. Yes, <laughs> kind of like you same. Have, yeah, because let's say you right. say Bill Gates, you say Microsoft owner, Jeff Bezos, oh Amazon owner, and then oh whose yacht is this? Oh Russian oligarch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a, a lot of it's like oil money, politics money behind the, the it's, scenes. Uh, it's like uh, the Top Gear episode we watched, the uh, Columbia's forest products, quote unquote. Uh, definition is a very rich business leader with a great deal of political influence. Yeah, so yeah, then kind of, and but yeah, so that's kind of yeah, big 
worldwide news. But yeah, the whole world's kind of, there's been several different countries that have been going towards that way of somebody running as the, I'm not a politician and doing very good with votes because people are getting so sick and tired of politics. But again, I think a lot of these guys come to politics and nothing major changes. Politics is the original reality reality TV. It's all staged, but... There's a thing, I uh, forgot what I heard. It says three things are not real or like staged in life or fake in life is Santa Claus, wrestling, and politics. But most people uh, don't realize that politics is one of them. Is that, is that deep? No. Uh, I mean, I was like, Ooh. I mean, uh, it's the worst kept secret. Like we, like we, three of us, we know that politics is staged, that it's not real, that they're all working together. Three of us agree, we know that, but we still late nights get suckered into arguing about it, even though we know it's it's one of those things. Like we know that it's not real, it's staged, but we still like th- like when we get together, we all hang out drinking, we just talk about it for hours, just, even though we know it's stupid, we would still do it. That's and just we what have it no is. influence in it. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's just because it's just real enough and just fake enough, it, like. It walks a tight line, and, and I do. I think that they do have like real enemies. Let's say even let's say in politics, because you know both guys want to make money. Uh, so let's say it could be you know behind you know people with more power, or whatever, making you know important decisions. But at the end of the day, let's say if Mario runs and I run, we're still gonna you know you know there might be some behind the scenes like deals like okay you do this I do that, but we still may like disdain and like hate each other and like try to like outdo each other and become you know above like each how other. How Trump hates Hillary Clinton. I was listening to uh, I was listening I don't to think a, he does though. <laughs> I was listening to a, 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 a professor, a, a political slash history professor, Daniele B. He was um, talking uh, with another podcaster, and he's saying that there, like, there were he, he he once sat down in a meeting with a like a a, a state politician, and he said that um, a lot of money flows in during election time, and everybody benefits, Democrats and Republican. There's a lull from election period to election period, and a lot of times the Republicans and Democrats would get together. The controlling party, the Republicans, would ask Democrats to pass a controversial bill that Republicans would allow it to pass so that the voters that voted for the Republican would freak out and start and start donating money to a Republican cause. It's, it, is, it is that staged, and that's a fact. There, there's evidence of that, that they all, Republicans, Democrats, get together and say, now pass your thing. We're gonna get money. I'll pass my thing. They don't care. Like if I'm say, let's get if I may get crude for a little bit. If I'm anti-abortion, my anti-abortion politician will use that against me to get money from me. That's how staged it is. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like how like if they like make deals behind the scenes, but I mean they do. You know, use controversial, you know, laws and stuff to get people out to vote. And, and donate money. That's all it yeah, is. Because it gets people uh, well, riled yeah. up and people get worried. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, your voter base gets worried, and boom, you have a you have a bunch of money coming in, and your quote unquote sworn enemy is the one that got you all that money. That's that's just how it works. And uh, alongside, or a little bit away from politics, but one of the topics that has been maybe a little bit less lately is the whole police and blue lives matter and police brutality and all that stuff. And our fellow Mario here went to ride along with the Auburn police. Mario, would you share in somewhat detail how that went, how that evening went? Yeah, it was pretty dope. They gave me like four guns and they just kind of let me loose. Okay, no. And they're like, hey, look, <laughs> you can't get in trouble because you have a badge. 
It's pretty fun night. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's actually really fun. I've been I've wanted to do a ride along for a long time, and um, I work with the police a lot in the emergency room. So I was just chatting them up, and I was like, "Hey, let me come with you guys sometime." So got it all set up. Um, my background check cleared. Before you get into that, Luckily. if you can just uh, get off, like uh, I, I just want to ask you real quick: How hard is it for like a common person to be like uh, to get a uh, if for any of the audience that's interested or bored? How hard is it for like if someone has maybe wants to become a police officer? Someone's interested in what they do. Like, how hard is it to come and say, "I want to ride along. Get me on a ride along." Super easy. You just have to go there, talk to them. You have to have no. Uh, active warrants out for you. You have to pass the background check and you have to like sign a waiver. That's pretty much and it. That's it. And like I'm an average Joe off the street, and I can get into a police car and ride around them for a well, shift. We the I mean we the citizens we pay the we we fund the whole police department, so we are in charge of them. So we every citizen has the right to do that uh, oh. unless you have open warrants because I mean you can still <laughs> try to go but they'll just put you in the back of the car instead <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> let's ride around town no that's that's actually super interesting I was thinking about that because because I'm an electrician and I don't know how I'd feel about like a random citizen just kind of like trying to help me with my job right, right that's day. different because you work for a private corporation right. the police it's a public found it's a public uh, organization that we fund that we are technically in control of our our, our cities are our votes are what controls it and what control their policies allegedly, and all yeah. that stuff allegedly yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was cool um, let's see so I'll just kind of walk through it I mean, it was it was fun and it was exciting and I mean there's moments where you're kind of like oh kind of you know your stomach kind of drops and you get nervous but um, I met them at the station everybody there was very very nice uh, the one thing I did notice. Uh, interesting, and I think that's just. I think this is speaks wider to the, what's happening in America right now in general. Um, like in my workplace, for example, there's a lot of young people, like new people coming in right now who are young, you know, around my age, and um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but you know, it makes sense. Like you know, people are retiring, but then at the police station, and I've noticed, and a lot of other organizations where I go to, uh, there's a lot of like fresh young people, like and. It's because the boomers are all retiring, yeah, and so young people are filling in the ranks, yeah, and then so now from you know from now for another like forty fifty years, we're going to be the ones that are like you know in it, and then forty years from now, once we all start retiring, there's going to be a new wave of a bunch of young people, and obviously you know people trickle in in between, but it's kind of like yeah. like I think right now, and then in another forty years, and then forty years ago, there's like these big shifts in the age group of the yeah. Of the workforce, yeah, but anyways, when I was when I was in the fire department, also talk to you. when I was in the fire department, also they said like uh, I applied. It was five. Now it was five years ago. I applied in Seattle Fire Department. They only had a couple positions open, and seventeen thousand people applied. And they like I I got pretty far, but I got discouraged after like because I I thought I had the job, and they said don't worry. He said just give it a couple of years, and we're gonna be hiring a lot of people. He said there's gonna be hundreds of people retiring within the next few years, even though. Um, like within the last ten years, we only had a few people retire. Within the next couple of years, hundreds of people are retiring, yeah, and there's going to be a big grab of, yeah. Anyways, sorry. Well, yeah, so it's cool. Um, I mean, it's all public information. I suppose I can tell you guys everything, but um, introduce me to everybody. Everybody there was extremely nice, very friendly people. Um, we went out to the car and showed me, you know, how the car works and everything. So. I didn't know this, but every night they have a different car. You get assigned a car. Like, you're in car 23 today. You're in car 50. 
Is there a reason for them switching the cars? Is it like a tactic or? I don't know if it's a tactic. I think it's just kind of, it might not be fair if everybody gets the same car or I don't know what the rationale behind it was, but he was just like, oh, this is our car tonight. Sometimes you get the newer ones, sometimes you get the older one, kind of luck of the draw, uh, except the K9, the K9 unit. Which was actually another interesting thing. I'll just go into that real quick. So there's two K9, there's two K9s at the department. I'm sure other departments have more, but um, so there's a day shift K9 and there's a night shift K9. And the officer who's the K9 officer, he, that dog is his. He takes it home with it. He feeds it. He takes it to the vet. He comes to work with it. And there's a night shift K9 and a day shift K9. I thought that was pretty interesting. And he gets his own car all the time. He gets the K9 car. Um, but that was pretty cool. Nice dogs. Nice German shepherds. Yes, you take care of the dog all the time. He doesn't get paid at home, obviously. I'm sure there's some kind of... I mean, they work for the government. Right, I'm right, sure right. they're well compensated. <laughs> then you guys go out. But yeah, so he showed me around everything. It was kind of interesting. He took me to the back of the car, and there's a couple drawers, and he you know, opened the first drawer, and there's like an AED and like medical supplies, and he opened the second one, and there's like little road flares and cones and stuff. You know, And he's like, oh, yeah, this is the stuff we use, blah, blah, blah. And he opens a third one, and there's like a fully automatic M14 in there. And he's like, this thing is locked and loaded. For some of our audience, he just means a big gun. It's a big machine gun, yeah. And he opens it and he's just kind of like, you know how to use one of these? And I was like, yeah. He's like, if you, if I'm ever down or hurt or killed or you don't feel safe, you just run back here and you grab this thing. And I was like, <laughs> I don't feel safe right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that was pretty. I was like, ooh. Uh, yeah, he was telling me about, how, like, I guess in Auburn, they've had a couple of shootouts in the past couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. So he's just like, just so you know. Um Anyways, so yeah, uh, I mean, we left. We pulled somebody over right away. Well, it was a disabled, like a, a had the hazards on. We pulled them over. Um, they asked us for help to push it into the parking lot, so we pushed them. And then he just ran the plates, and it turned out the guy had an active warrant for like a uh, felony, um, felony robbery. So then we, so then once the guy realized what's going on, he started booking it. So uh, we had to run after him a little bit. And you ran with the officer. I, like I stayed behind him because he was like he made it very clear he's like never run in front of me always stay behind me you know but like, he like allowed you to run like with him yeah yeah he was like keep your eye on him and then the guy started booking I was like oh he's booking it so, uh, so then we cuffed him Dang. and then we had to take him to the jail in Des Moines which I didn't even know existed score score yeah so apparently like eight mm. years ago all the city departments had their own jails but then like eight years ago they all all the cities all the valley cities like Kent Algona Auburn Federal Way Des Moines they all agreed that, hey, let's all pitch in money together and build, like, a big jail, and we can take all the people there instead of keeping them at, like, the Auburn station. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did. So it's this big jail in Des Moines, which I never even knew existed, uh, but I got to go in the jail, too. It was pretty cool. Like, all the cells, you know, they, like, strip them down, put them in the striped clothes and everything. It's kind of a... It's like out of a movie. Um, but and then we... And we mobbed back to Auburn after that, and I, I mean we mobbed. Like, he was like... <laughs> That's the thing about cop cars. Like they always like floor it for no reason. Let's say it's a yeah. stoplight, it's green, and this is just floor it. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a, a thrill or if it's again if they're like trained to like, hey, well, you have to. I mean, like- well, he told me when we left the jail, he's like, hey, look. Uh, so when we leave the city, especially like a night, sh- well, this was a night shift. He's like, especially a night shift. We don't like to be out of the city a long time because if something happens, you know, we need like backup. Yeah. We need bodies there. He's like, so we try to get back as soon as possible. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. That makes sense. And he's just like, and we mob like 120 on I-5 nice. back to Auburn. And I was like, okay. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Cause like, even what about the whole idea is, I don't know, that's, if you're allowed to share that, the whole cop finding a baggie on the guy that he arrested. And oh, he asked him. Well, I don't know if I should share that. I mean, nobody knows who it was. 
mean, nobody listens to what that. Like, we're not. We're gonna have like. Yeah, so, well, besides so, Trump, so nobody this, else. This guy was getting a, this dude that we were the same dude. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily the same dude, but he was getting arrested and we searched him and he had some drugs on him and the cop was like, hey, look, how important is this to you? I'm willing to just throw it in the garbage and we can just move on with the day because I have to do a ton of paperwork for this and you're going to get more charges. So the guy was just like, hey, it's not that important to me. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> Actually, it is. <laughs> when they hold on to it. Moral of the story, moral of the story, there's a lot of human element. Uh, 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 there's a lot of human element and discretion. So be nice to the police officers. It might benefit you. Right. And that's the same anywhere. You go to the hospital. You go to, you know, anywhere to get your oil changed. Like, if you're nice to people, they will be nice to you. If you're just going to be a, a total douche, then people are going to be like, okay, screw you. Yeah. And even, like, at the going off with that a little bit, like, Eddie Ratrick works at the airport. And right now there's a lot of people that work at the airport. But he said, yeah, at the at the front desk, there's so much they can do and, like, override and help with. Eddie but actually hooked us up once. When we were going on a honeymoon, he bumped us up to, the to like, the business class. He hooked us up. We, we came to the flight late, and there was, like, a long line. So he just rolled up, and the TSA line, he just grabbed us with, the, with his badge, and we just walked up to the front of the... T- we still had to go through TSA, but he's like, hey, they're with me. And we went to the front of the TSA line, mm-hmm. and he just walked us through and w- it got us to the plane exactly. on time. But he said that, yeah, front, front desk, they can help a lot, but there... But if you are rude, they don't really care about somebody that flies once a year. You're not really a moneymaker for them. So there are instances, I suck at speaking English, the, they just canceled the flight. Somebody's like, you know, being all yelling and tripping. Yeah. They, they don't care about your, you know, they're not making that much money off of you if you fly once a year. And they'll just cancel your flight last minute. And like, you can do, like, who are you going to complain to? You can call HR, be on hold for an hour and a half, and nobody's going to care. But what was your impression after the arrival? Let's say, even if like yeah. police department, police police work, so, let's say, do you see them differently now than before? So, yeah. So the rest of the night, basically, I mean, we we did like a manhunt. We chased a couple of people. Like there was like a robbery at a Seven Eleven. We tried to find the guy, and he drove me around through Auburn and showed me all like the da- the, the the hot spots that he called it, like the dangerous spots where like the real crime goes down. And it was kind of it was really interesting. But at the end of it, basically. What I took away, and I've never been like uh, one of those people who are like, oh, I hate the cops, you know, like police brutality. The way I see it is like these guys, and it, and it really, like I'll give an example here. Their job is scary, and their job is to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. And many times there's people who don't want to follow the law, and when they get caught, you know, like Roman was saying earlier, you get put in a corner and you fight, and you you know you make a bad decision. Like, for example, we, he took, we went up by a muckle shoot. And he was like, he's like, at this time of night, a lot of drug deals going down and, you know, things like that. So, uh, for example, there's this bank and then he pulled up behind the bank and it's like a huge parking lot and it's pitch black. There's no lights there. And he's like, this is a common area for cars to be parked and there'll be drug deals going on. So we pull in there and there's SUV like way in the back corner parked. It's running. Lights are off. So he's like, okay, let's go check it out. So he's like, stay in the car for this one. I was like, I'm staying in the car. <laughs> so and anyway, so what he does is he pulls up behind the car. He blocks the car kind of so he can't like reverse um, without hitting him. He calls the license plate to the dispatch and he he doesn't even wait for the license plate to come back. He just gets out of the car and goes. And one hand is his flashlight. Other hand is on his gun. Walks up to the window. You know, hey, what's going on, guys? Like, well, how, how, how are you doing? And it turned out that it was totally benign. It was just like some girls that met up and they were talking. But, you know, like in his shoes, you never know what you're about to walk into. For all he knows, there's a gun pointed at him already. And as soon as he opens up his mouth, bam, you're dead. 
You know, and like I know, yeah, and I won't say that there is no police brutality. There's clearly it does happen, and there's I mean, very like evidence, videos, and audio clips and stuff that it does happen. But I don't. Th- I think that a few bad apples, like you know, doesn't spoil the whole lot because, I mean, all the people there that I was that I met, this guy too, like very standing, outstanding, good people, and their job is scary, especially like at night. You you know you you don't know what you're walking into. There's a call that some guy was like suicidal and he's running around the house with a knife and his family was, didn't feel safe. So they called the police and they barricaded themselves in a room upstairs. And there's this 16 year old dude just running around the house with a knife. So the cops just they have to walk into that and deal with it, you know, and like all sorts of stuff like domestic violence situations. And you never know people just when they're angry, when they're not stable, it's very easy for them to make a bad decision. And you never know. You pull the gun, pull the knife, make a bad decision and. Sometimes the cop gets hurt. Sometimes the person gets hurt. You know, it goes both ways. But I, what I took away from it is I never, I never hated the cops, and I definitely still don't now. I think it's just respect for what they do. I mean, obviously, like yes, there are bad cops, just like there are bad doctors and you know bad other things and stuff who who do bad things and are bad. Abuse people. their power. Yeah, they abuse their power. But I, I definitely believe that overall majority of police officers they're doing a good thing. They're protecting the community, and. And a lot of what they do on, like, in his biggest frustration, which I think, I mean, everybody might be interested, but his biggest frustration is that there's a lot of things that we can do and there's a lot of things that we can't do. And that's not up to us even. It's up to King County, to the court, to the cities, to the, to the lawmakers. So he was saying, like, for example, he was saying uh, how recently, I mean, I don't know if this is very recent or it's been a while, but drug possession got changed to if you have three grams. If you have under three grams, they just let you go. It's like, it's, it, you're fine. But if you have more than three, then it becomes like a misdemeanor or something. But that used to be not the issue, that or that used to not be the case. It used to be much less. So now, excuse me, you could have a lot more drugs on you. And and, and the other thing he was saying, how the court system right now is so backed up with so many cases. He like will arrest somebody who has like a lot of drugs on them, takes them to jail. The next morning, they get let out on bail. And that's it. Like the the court drops their case because it's not worth for them to prosecute it. And he's like, that's happening over and over again, hundreds of times every month, every year. That there's hundreds of cases that get dropped because it's like small petty crime. And so there's all these people, you know. Like I don't know. It's just it's kind of sad that our our justice system is not dealing with issues that we have. And he was kind of leading off how a lot of this is what leads to the homeless crisis, to you know the drug problem and all this stuff because. They're not enforcing the laws, and if you don't enforce the laws, people don't follow the laws, and it all kind of falls into chaos. But he was just kind of like, we only have so much power. It's kind of like with like the, the Seattle Police Department, how they can't do anything now. Like they've been completely like tied yeah. their hands tied behind their backs, and that's why Seattle has a lot of the same issues because the police can't really do anything. And then he, so he was saying he's like in Auburn, it's kind of the same thing because King County kind of <clears throat> each police. Uh, like Auburn Police, Federal Police, they have their own kind of city, own jurisdiction, but they are all under King County, so King County calls a lot of the shots for them. So, in the, like, wrap it all up. Uh, it was very, very interesting. I would do it again. It was exciting. It was fun. Um, lots of respect to the cops, to the officers who do that on a daily basis. And I asked them some questions. I, you know, like, what do you do if you see somebody speeding or, you know, like, or they don't have a front license plate? And he's like, dude, all that stuff, I don't care. Like, and most officers don't care. Um, what he did say, though, is that the traffic cops, they're the ones that ride the motorcycles. 
they will give you a ticket no matter what. Absolutely. If they catch you, they will give you a ticket. So he's like, because those guys, their job is traffic violations. But he's like, me? If I'm in a, like a car doing my regular thing, he's like, I, had, I don't think I've ever pulled anybody over for, and given them a speeding ticket. He's like, I don't care about that. There's bigger things that I need to be worried mm-hmm. about, you know? Yeah. So stuff like that. Like, what? what they you, do have a lot of control of what Yeah, they, he's like, I don't care do. what your tint is. He's like, I don't care if it's 1% or 99%. He's like, that stuff, you know, that's like stupid little things. Anyways, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, now, after after you uh, told us that you you scheduled and and then especially after you went and have like fun and interesting and how easy it was to like do something like that, uh, I was like, man, I want to do it. So my goal is to do it in the near future as well, either with Auburn, Federal Way, or one of those. I would be even down to go and like try to like do it with the same officers. Like that'd be cool to go like a ride along at night. I asked him about uh, like Slavic people. I was like, what what's the biggest like Ooh. kind of complaints for Slavic people? You know. And I mean, at first he was kind of like, well, you know, everybody has the same thing. Like, you know, it's all kind of the same. It's all hit or miss. I was like, but like, you know, in your experience, you've been doing this for years. Like when you get go to a Russian call or like, you know, arrest yeah. somebody who's Russian, what is it usually for? And surprisingly, he said that domestic abuse was one of the biggest things. Like at home, like the wife will call the cops or the neighbors will call the cops because like, yeah. I mean, we talked about this before. Obviously, it can go vice, it can go vice versa. Yeah. But generally, it's the guy will be beating up his wife. And, you know, things will get out of hand, things will get loud, so either the wife will call the cops or the neighbors will call the cops. And he, he said that's... Obviously, there's, like, you know, the stupid speed, like ra- speed and racers and, like, civics and stuff, but most of it is uh, domestic abuse. Wow, you, you didn't share this. This is the first time hearing that. Well, I just did. Yeah, I know, but... That's, yeah, and that's I was kind of like... And that's was, kind of, like, disappointing. And like it is, but it's kind of what we talked about on the previous episode that a lot of this... I think people just don't know that this yeah. happens, and... Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, no, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. But yeah, no, this, uh, even this episode uh, won't be, you know, will be, I think our episodes will be some shorter, some longer, but even, but also, uh, and before we finish up, I uh, wanted to give a shout out to, uh, I was asked not to share the name, but one of the fellow Spirinsies listeners, um, we, uh, lo- Ukrainian boxer Lomachenko was fighting and I, I think I posted on Instagram, like, hey, AGC dudes, come through my place to watch Lomachenko fight. And one of the homies, we used to be really good friends. Uh, when I came to America, he was, like, the guy that, like, I hang out with, like, every single day. <coughs> and he was, like, oh, man. Like, and he lives out of state now, and he hits me. I was, like, oh, man, I like, I kind of, like, I wish I was there with you guys, blah, blah. And he's pretty much... Like, I want to be there, like, an, almost, like, you know, in the spirit, or, like, I want to be part of the evening. And homie spots us you know, money for the evening just so we were, we were able to go, and like, to Winko with Ruben Savchuk and got, like, a, a full cal- cart of food and, like, ordered pizza and stuff and uh, and had a really dope evening. So shout out to homie. Yeah, I think Ruben. he's he's been our biggest supporter, probably our biggest fan. Super super big fan. Shout out to our shout biggest to secret, secret biggest fan. Oh, we're, no. not, we're not saying his name. And a big. And, we'll and, call him Santa Claus. Okay. And, and Easter Bunny. Super super big and <laughs> and encourager, if that's a word. Yeah, he's. So yeah, he's been super encouraging uh, to me. Been texting me through every episode that he listens to. But there's been quite a few people. I think total, probably we would have, you know. 30, 40 people that have texted, you know, throughout the episodes, like, hey, man, this this was cool, or 
I think a lot of a lot, we got a lot of responses about uh, when we talked about the whole family and abuses yeah. going on behind the scenes, but on the outside we all look good and you know innocent and people without problems. And we like so, to yeah. hear back though. We encourage that people text us yeah. and talk to us about. We promise we're gonna get more consistent. We just had a like a like a few things happen. Yeah, and, uh, Roman plugged up his toilet so bad that they had to call Puget Sound Energy. Uh, <laughs> zero problems. His, wisdom teeth. His, yeah, he got his wisdom teeth pulled. Mario bought a. A Fed GT 500 Mustang. So yeah. a lot, a lot has been happening, but no, we're happy to get started on again. Cult. The uh, gold. Vice started a cult. You started a cult? What? TFTI, thought- dude. What? What cult? I'm not part of this cult. No, no. You- oh, oh, we're not. We're not. Oh, we're not telling anybody. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wow. But no, yeah. Uh, always fun to hear back. You know, you know, Instagrams, the social webs. Or you can shoot me a text, uh, 206-859. Tell people to give us suggestions for a podcast because the three of us, when smart as we are. Yeah. Yeah. Any like feedback, ideas, uh, whatever, complaints, comments, again, social webs, or you can shoot me a text, 206-859-1863. Yeah. We'd like to bring more guests on as well. Do we accept letters too? Ooh, like snail mail. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want to get like our house egged or something. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, sh- yeah. Shoot us a text. Always uh, good to you. Get some feedback. But this is fun. And I think I had fun. Hopefully, yeah. you guys had as much fun as I had. And see you on the other side. Hopefully, That's, we'll have another yeah. episode We'll be back week. soon. <laughs> yeah. Go uh, Rockets. Well, no. Go Warriors and go Blazers. Yo, Seahawks. Warriors and Blazers. <laughs> and then Warriors will beat Blazers. So, good night.